everybody, and welcome to the podcast Name to be Determined, uh, because I'm not very imaginative, unfortunately. Uh, I am your host, Mark B., uh, a.k.a. Mark B. Writing, and joining me today is Mr. Aaron Saroy. Yes, with the S. With the S. Um, so this is going to be a little bit different of a podcast format from how we do the Die Hard Gamecast or how we do um, Robert Hubbs' podcast. Uh, basically, we're just going to talk about a thing and just go forward from there. And today, our topic is going to be the various and sundry different things that we've seen, are interested in, are not interested in, uh, about Persona 5. So, the first thing that I noticed is that in various discussions, the creators have mentioned that they had the, that the game as it is is going to be coming out with uh, the Japanese rating of Sero C or 15 years of age and up. That's interesting, just because Persona 4 Golden and Tokyo Mirage Sessions both came out at a Sarah rating of B, which is about 12 and up. And Persona 4 Golden was an M for Mature game in the U.S., and Tokyo Mirage Sessions needed to be edited down to get to a point where it's T for teen. So I'm kind of curious as to exactly what it takes to get to a point where you get to their D ranking, which is 17 and up could be gore i don't know it might be because neither one of the games is really gory it's possible that they may have more of a problem with violence than we do and we may have more of a problem with sex i don't know though i don't really know what god eater is but we had they had to tone down the violence in that to get a t for teen rating um bandai namco did so maybe they're just more permissive of stuff in general though I th i've heard that um are more violent games like gta or Mortal Kombat have to be censored or can't come out. So I, I'm just not sure where the drawing line is there. I'm not sure. I didn't realize that Persona 4 Golden was M. I just had to double check because I almost didn't believe you. Yeah, they say fuck a few times in that game, actually. Uh, okay, it only takes one of those, doesn't it? Um, actually, I don't know how it works in the ESRB, but in movies, you can get away with one fuck in a PG-13 movie. Yeah, I think I heard that before, but I don't, I'm not sure if it works the same for games. It almost certainly doesn't, which I feel like is kind of a problem with when and how the ESRB was established as much as anything else. Because again, like they didn't they didn't get established on any kind of on any kind of real voluntary measure, and it's not really a group that works with game developers. Uh, it was more because Congress was flipping their shit over Night Trap and Mortal Kombat. So I would imagine that in a lot of cases, they're probably under the gun with this shit, which is weird, but not at all surprising. Do we know any other games that have gotten similar ratings over there? That I haven't really looked compare? to an extensive amount, unfortunately. Like, the problem is, is that the Wikipedia pages don't really list what the Sero rating is. And in order to figure it out, you kind of have to go to the Japanese website for the page and see if they list it. I know that... None of the previous Persona games had gotten Sero level C. Um, and again, Tokyo Mirage Sessions didn't. I could probably check to see what God Eater got. That got Sero C. God which Eater is... 2 Rage Burst is Sero rating C, which is uh, 15 years of age and up. Hmm. And that game, Bandai Namco was pretty much assured it was going to get an M for Mature because of the violence. So, I just think that maybe Japan is okay with some of the stuff that we do, but not all of it. Which is well, weird. 
I think they also do different kinds of violence. They also seem to do less with guns in terms of violence. So maybe that something like that could determine it. That's possible. I mean, also, it doesn't is... matter what you're shooting as, as long as there's no tits, but... Well, there's there's tits in God Eater. Oh, there you go. So it's got everything. Yeah. But, alright, so back to Persona 5 here. I noticed I, I couldn't get through the hour or so long recorded live stream type thing that they had. Because it was just, it was all in Japanese except for the parts when they were at E3 and a lot of it was just utterly impenetrable data-wise. But I went through a bunch of the videos and a bunch of the write-ups uh, that were put together after it and there's just so much data to unpack from this game. Like, one of the things you pointed out to me was the structurally laid out dungeons where instead of being just random dungeons that are cobbled together or that are set as a specific thing but shift around between levels it looks like the dungeons are actual legitimate dungeons with legitimate structures and legitimate puzzles and things like that and that's definitely a departure from what i've seen yeah it's 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 definitely different from persona 3 and 4 tokyo mirage sessions is kind of doing a lot of that so i'm not sure if they decided they wanted to do that and then like did it with tokyo mirage sessions or if tokyo mirage sessions inspired them to do it for persona 5 if it's stuff like what i saw you playing for tokyo mirage i mean that kind of thing makes perfect sense in a game like that i think so um there seems like there's like kind of odd jumping puzzles I'm not sure if it's going to be just like, you know, an active time thing where you push a button and the character does it, or if there's timing associated with it. And, like, some of the puzzles that, like, they haven't shown a lot, obviously, but some of the puzzles that they've shown look interesting enough. But I'm going to point in Tokyo Mirage Sessions where you have to avoid cameras that will teleport you back to the entrance of the dungeon. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, oh. I don't need that in Persona 5. Well, it definitely looked like it had some sort of stealth element. Cause they're, they're supposed to be, uh, like, cat burglars, aren't they? Yeah, they're supposed to be like thieves or something. And like there's a lot of stuff that's themed around that concept. Have you have you seen like not just the costumes but like the personas they're using? Uh, oh, I haven't seen. The main character um who's renameable obviously. Uh the first persona that he summons is named Arsene. Is that a reference to something? Lupin. Oh, I've heard of that. I have never actually seen it. Arsene Lupin is a fairly famous fictional uh, French thief. So, like, there's definitely that tie-in where his, his original persona is also named that way. Um, there's a lot of odd personas that they're utilizing in there, too. Um, like, for example, the character Morgana, the cat character, is using Zorro as a persona. <laughs> yeah, that's... I don't get that. Um, uh, Ryuji Sakamoto, who's the blonde guy uses Captain Kidd as a persona. I'm looking at that. There's a little pirate on the ship with the smile face on it, right? Yeah. That looks awesome. It does. It really does. I I, I don't like the engine that they're using because I'm not a fan of the Catherine engine. I've never been a fan of Catherine's aesthetics. But I feel like this game might change my mind because I don't like Catherine's aesthetics because I don't like Catherine. Was it just the puzzles? The puzzles were a big part of it. I also kind of felt like I didn't really care for the plot, not because I didn't like Vincent and not because I didn't understand his situation, but because I didn't really feel like either one of the two young ladies that he was working towards being with were particularly great people, but also having the, 
man, I don't want to date either one of these girls, so I'm just not going to date either of them, and I'm going to go to space, as an ending was really fucking weird, too. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah, there's so many different weird endings in that game. Like, you if you date, like, Catherine with a C, no, Catherine with a K is the, the down-to-earth one, I guess. Yeah. And you eventually work that out. Like, the two of you get married in the bar, and I'm pretty sure that's the one that we saw when I live-streamed it. And that ending is, is fine, but I just don't care for that character. If you end up with Catherine with a C, the succubus, the best ending has you literally ending up in being in charge of hell with her and, like, bossing around Satan, her dad. Or yeah, I saw that one. Or whatever supposed to be, which is goofy. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. If you don't go with either of them, the best ending you can get is... He places a bet on a women's wrestling match, wins, and then uses the money that he gets to go on a trip to space. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it's a thing he always wanted to do, and that's, like, the moral of that story, and I'm just like, uh, alright. I don't really feel like the best possible options that I should have here are Ice Queen, Succubus, Space. <laughs> But yeah, also the, the puzzle mechanics were not particularly great. And while I'm not as violently angry about the final boss's motivation for doing what he chose to do as Alex is, yeah, like, forcing the forcing the world to breed when it's fairly obvious that that's not really, like, a plan that's working for us anymore, kind of a dumb motivation. Well, that, that's why I loved about it, because they were kind of like, uh, dude, that's not needed anymore. He's kind of like, oh... Well, crap, my life has no meaning now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that like, was freaking amazing. There's like 7 billion people on the planet, right? We're running out of resources. Oh. Well, shit. <laughs> that was freaking great. He's like, you're going to fix my relationship now. Nuh-uh. All right, I'm going to beat your ass, then you're going to fix my relationship. Okay. Oh, shit. The other one's supposed to be uh, Carmen. Yeah. Which I thought... There's a lot of them that are, like, just a lot of the different structures that they have there. Like, they all have character, like, personas that are interesting thematically. Like, um, Ann Takamaki is the name of the blonde, pigtailed girl. Um, I don't know exactly what her personality is supposed to be, but I'm betting she's a tsundere. Probably. Because if, if Fruit of Grisaya has taught me anything... Blonde twin-tailed girls are tsundere. Because that's just how Japan works, I guess. The only other thing I can definitively get from, like, the animations that we've seen and what we've seen of the character is that she is the, the most distinctly sexual character out of the cast that I've seen so far. She's also, like, the first character in a Persona game that's visually rocking larger than a B-cup, by all indications, which, you know, hooray. I guess. That's a thing. Who's that? that is it, we're talking about the twin tail girl? Yeah, Ann Takamaki is her name. Doesn't look that large, Justin. No, but she's bigger than anybody in Persona 3 or 4. Uh, if, if you're looking at different art than I am, I mean, it's just might be the way she's standing. And she's kind of like in a weird sort of hunched over, unrealistic comic book position. Yeah, the Spider-Man pose. Oh. Well, yeah. So I then what her her costume is is definitely low cut and maximized. Yeah, it's 
it's not really a thing that Persona has necessarily done before. I'm not opposed to it. I don't particularly care one way or the other. I feel like it's fine. But even then, she doesn't have anything on, like, Konamine. No, no. But Konamine's a side character. I don't really count her. Fair enough. Like, if she had been in, like, the main game, or I, I would go so far as to say, like, Persona Q, I would have said, yeah, sure. But, like, Dancing All Night, I'm pretty sure Atlas doesn't even give a shit about that narratively at this point. <laughs> They're like, oh, do we release that? Fuck, alright. I don't think Q needed any more characters. I think I think they were good. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of done with that part of the franchise. Which is fine. I, I really... Unless you're going to do a full-on Persona 4-2, I don't need to ever go back to that universe ever again. Or, why not Persona Q2, where they do characters from 4 and 5, and just never bring up 3 again? Because 3 is actually reasonably popular. But anyway, so... I also noticed that, like, from what they were saying, it looks like the part-time jobs that they have in the game for making random money are going to actually have, like, full-on mini-games involved in them. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that. Oh, well, depends on what they do. Uh, like, if you played Bully, the minigames in that were perfectly fine. That's true. That is true. I did like that. Though, I feel like in Bully, it was also for, like, statistical-type stuff. And I feel like this game is going to have it predominantly for money-making, which may also increase statistics. But then they're also saying there's going to be other random minigames. Like, they showed the, the, the Yakuza-style batting cage as an example. And I'm wondering how far that goes. I'm also wondering, since they don't technically have social links, but they kind of have social links, how that's all going to play in together. Like, one of the things I didn't really like about Persona 4 Golden, and I liked the option, but I didn't like the limitations on it, was in Persona 4 Golden, if you want to get all of the social links, even if you're playing with all of your character's personal stats maxed and you know all the correct answers to give you don't really have a lot of time to spare it's like a couple days yeah so if you want to do any of the extra cool shit like going to the movies with people or uh taking in secondary scenes to pick up books or going on a bike ride out to the uh, hot spring to um learn new moves then you have to forsake a fucking social link that's why I don't think they really intend for you to try to fill out every social link at one go. Uh, when I went through it the first time, I didn't even... I, I tried to fill out specific ones, and that was I had like a checklist, and that was pretty much it. I just played. And then the second time is when I actually buckled down and just followed the guide to make sure I hit every note that I needed to hit. Yeah, it's just... I find it oddly problematic for me, though, that you get into this position where... From a narrative perspective, the social links make sense, but once you've done them, you never need to do them again. So, technically, you would probably have to play through the game, like, three times in order to see everything the game has to offer. Like, if you wanted to do all the extra non-social link-oriented stuff, because you're still going to do your partner's social links, because it, it evolves their personas and come the fuck on. They're also, like, they tend to be the best ones anyway. Right. It's like, what the hell kind of an asshole are you going to be that you're going to skip over, like, doing, like, Naoto or Kanji's fucking social links? I didn't finish Naoto's the first time. I don't think my stats were high enough. Yeah, that's that was kind of an odd one for me. Uh, the very first time I played it, I think I managed to finish it with, like, two days to spare. Hmm. But, yeah, if you're I'm talking about, like, going through New Game Plus, and it's like, no, you're just, you're just going to finish it. You're going to be like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Yeah. 
Um, I also noted, as you had pointed out to me, that social links are kind of not the same anymore, or maybe don't even exist. They're doing something now called cooperation that looks like the social links, but apparently isn't the social links. And I can't 100% figure out what that's meant to be. Because they don't show it happening with any of the characters that are going to be in your party. They're only showing it happening with secondary characters. It could be something where secondary characters work differently from your party members. It's possible. Like, it always kind of felt weird that the social link system was the same across the board, but almost everybody else, you know, never could really do anything in battle with you. So, like, you get... Yosuke or something up to a certain level, and eventually he learns that's, you know, a bit where he runs in on a scooter. Yeah, but from... Nobody else gets anything like that. No, I think everybody can ultimately get the scooter thing. It's well, like yeah, some the, kind of weird... Well, in your party, but, like, anybody outside of your party. Right, that's like, true. Something like that. That's true. So it always kind of felt weird and unbalanced in that way. Yeah, there a bunch of different people are having conversations about it, like... Over on the uh, Persona 5 board on GameFAQs, they're asking, what do you think the difference is going to be? The Mega 10 wiki has something in it and just indicates it's going to be similar to Social Links, but they don't know in what way it's going to be different. Apparently, the way that one person on Reddit is discussing it is they're saying they describe cooperation as something akin to an online feature or a strategy manager, but it doesn't really specify, but we still don't know. Like, they don't really know what the situation is. And... People are, like, kind of pissing and moaning because we don't really know what it does, and they don't want social links to go away. Well, they've been kind of keeping a tight lid. Like, this was the first real unveiling of any any information at all, really. The, the Mega Ten wiki is linking to an article that doesn't say anything about it, but they're claiming that cooperation will be similar to social links, and it will involve the, the protagonist building relationships with helpers around the city for benefits in battle. Which is fine, I guess, but I kind of find that to be conceptually dumb, just because I liked the idea of having the social links directly be a part of your party. So going back to, oh, look, you have to be friendly with a bunch of people you don't give a shit about, is just going to be like, okay, yeah, I don't, I, I immediately don't care about that. Mm. Like, I'm hoping that's not what it's going to be, and that there's going to be some aspects of it involved within your party in some form or fashion, but the way that it's being trumped up is kind of that it's just going to work with people around town. Well, yeah, like I said, they could have something for themselves. And then your party has their own thing, is what I would hope it would be. I mean, I would imagine the game's going to encourage you to talk to your party members anyway. Yeah, I, that's, that's definitely true. Because, I mean, they're going to ultimately put the dating mechanics back in, I'm sure. Because those were very popular in both Persona 3 and Persona 4. I just... I would hope that it would be part of the same system, because if it's part of different systems, I'm going to weigh the benefits of interacting with random strangers over anything else. And if they've got like 10, 15, 20 random strangers to interact with to get benefits out of, like I'm not going to fucking waste my time on that, you know? it's The mechanic needs to be something that's integral to the systems in a way that it makes the player say, yes, I want to do this. And if they're saying, well, it's going to be completely different from social links, kind of, but, like, they don't really have any data to go with beyond that, it's, like, that's concerning a little bit. In an ideal world, there will be more data that will come out as the game 
gets closer to completion. Like, I don't think they're not saying anything about it because they don't want to say anything about it. It's, you get into that problem where if they announce a whole bunch of stuff now, when the game isn't done, people are going to freak out. They want to make sure that, oh, this feature is done, it's fixed, it's ready to go, so that when they start showing it off more in depth, they're confident that it's where it needs to be. I mean, it looks like it could be done, and they're just in the polishing stage. <sighs> if you're really... Well, the, it's possible. If they're aiming for a simultaneous worldwide release, they may be holding it back for translation purposes, which would be interesting. That's also... Oh, because, yeah, they didn't seem to have anything in English to show off. No, not at all. Not at and this then, point. They might be shooting for the Valentine's Day date just as a theme as well. It would be that the first would be time. Kind of grotesque, wouldn't it? Hmm? The whole game is about being a prisoner. That's kind of grotesque, isn't it? Well, it wouldn't be the strangest thing. No, uh -huh. but I'm just saying, like, I could see releasing Catherine on Valentine's Day. That'd be fucked up, but I'd get it. Like, if you're thematically equating being in a relationship to being in prison, somebody needs to get the Atlas people some fucking therapy, man. Kind of what Catherine was, except prison became an actual hell where you could be killed by a giant baby or a butt yeah daddy don't leave me it was a very very strange game yes Fuck. I, I, I did like the gameplay to a degree i did too it was kind of kind of like a more involved cubert which was interesting yeah and i do like in terms of the engine i, I like the more dynamic camera angles that i'm seeing for the from this that they took from it so like them just sitting in like a cafe or even in the classroom instead of like everything being like isometric or directly behind him it seems to be seems to be more shifting true i do think it's interesting that aesthetically the game visually has a lot in common with Catherine. but like for like tokyo mirage sessions it feels like a completely different engine and I'm not sure if the game just looks like Catherine so much as it is because it's utilizing a similar engine, which is what I suspect, or if it looks so much like Catherine because they purposefully went out of their way to make it look like Catherine, which they're not even in the same universe. Why would you do that? I'm going to go with it's the engine because they probably just wanted to upgrade after 4. Because 4 and 3 use the same engine, do they not? They do. So... And technically, they, this game was originally going to be on the PlayStation 3, so it would make sense to use that same engine since it was going to be on the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Though now I'm wondering, why in the fuck did you go out of your way to make a whole new engine for Tokyo Mirage Session? Especially a shittier one where their hair just looks like the light on it is pasted on. Probably something to do with the fact that it was on the Wii. It's on the Wii U, though, and, like, the PlayStation 3 isn't notably more or less powerful than the Wii U. The Wii U is kind of at that same range. If the three PlayStation 3 can do dynamic lighting and the Wii U can't, that's... What the fuck are you doing? I don't know. I don't know how many games they might have made for the Wii U. I don't think they've made many, if any at all. It doesn't look like that game is taking advantage of the system at all. No, it really doesn't. It looks like a slightly above a PS2 game. Um... No, I would, I would say it's definitely mid-tier PlayStation 3. Um... There's there's definitely some flares that I know like it wouldn't be able to be a, a PS2 game. Hmm. I I would definitely say that I feel like I feel like Persona Four Five from what we've seen of it definitely looks like it's a top tier PS3 or Xbox One title. 
I don't think we're seeing the PS4 visuals yet, so I'm going to be curious to see what they look like. But if we are seeing the PS4 visuals, that's not great. But, you know, it's kind of to be expected. I mean, The Last Guardian looks almost junky now, so I wouldn't be surprised if something that got pushed onto a higher system didn't quite live up to what it could be. No, I don't expect it to be a top-tier PS4 title. Like, that would be an unreasonable and unfair expectation. But... I do want it to at least look as good as, like, God Eater in the transition, because God Eater 2 on the PS4 versus the Vita looks quite good. And, like, if we're seeing the PS4 visuals in all the teaser and trailers and whatnot, like, I feel like they could do a little more to clean that up. I feel like those are the PS3 visuals. I'm I'd be kind of worried if they were the PS3 visuals, though. Why? Because if, 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 why would they show those over the PS4 unless there was something wrong with the PS4 version? That is true. Hmm. That would be more worrying than the way the game looks now, in my opinion. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of would like them to come out and say, "Hey, it's worth running it on this console," just so you know. They might have said it in the thing. Yeah, no one posted subtitles. So. No, I, I would imagine that if Atlas US was going to do it, they would have done it by now. So I'm imagining the next thing that we're going to get out of Atlas US is just going to be the trailers that currently exist translated. Because right now I think they're mostly focusing their translation efforts either on the game itself or on the upcoming King of Fighters release for trailers and whatnot. <clears throat> Apparently they're also talking about potentially having the Japanese dialogue as DLC. As paid DLC. I mean, I wouldn't care if it's paid or free. If you want the Japanese dialogue, you're going to pay money for it. I just think it's interesting that we're having this conversation at all. Well, it comes up a lot with Japanese games that get brought over. People seem to prefer the Japanese stuff over the dubs, mostly because we're used to anime, where the dub is always shit. <laughs> yeah, that was well. That was like five, ten years ago, though. Nowadays, yeah. a lot of the dubs you're going to get are, are usually pretty solid. Yeah, for I newer stuff. But if someone's still like say watching Naruto or One Piece or stuff like that, they're still using the same actors for consistency, and they still suck. Mm, yeah, like, I haven't heard of Tenchi Moyo in forever, but as far as I was aware, as of, like, five or six years ago, they were still using Kermit to do Tenchi's voice. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, he fucking sucks. If the, uh, the Gimme Tensei wiki is correct, which I'm not sure if it is, but I'm double-checking Wikipedia, but it sounds like uh, Japan's actually getting Persona in September. Doesn't sound right. Are they? Yeah, they are. Huh. September 15th. Oh, wow. Okay, so, we so there will... is going to be a delay on it. Yeah. So we'll have uh, some in more information then. Yeah, I am not importing that. Oh, yeah. But somebody will. Somebody will have something up on YouTube. You can just look at it. And that's fine. I have no problems whatsoever with that. But I'm just saying, like, I imported Persona 4 Dancing All Night. I am not importing this. It's bad enough I already put down a fucking pre-order for the special edition with the stupid backpack I'm never going to use. Oh, don't, don't even. I haven't used the damn thing in Dancing All Night Special Edition. Uh, that case the... was a little too... Eh. Yeah. It felt loose. weird. Yeah, it didn't feel like it would protect it at all. And then the Teddy Medallion is is a Teddy Medallion. So, I don't know yeah, that's, that's immediately a non-usable item right there. <clears throat> I use the, uh, I like the the little 
plastic celluloid pictures that uh, came with the Japanese version. Those were neat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those those look really cool. They didn't come with the version. That would have been awesome if they did. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't include those. Like, that's that's a really neat inclusion, and I have no idea why that wasn't a part of it. The wall scroll I can totally understand, because I didn't even hang that up here. And I have a fucking wall scroll hanging up of Amazing Nurse Nanako, which is an anime that I have never fucking seen and only bought because it had, like, a chick with her boobs out on it. That is no way a joke. I, I am not proud of that. Wait, what? I don't even know, dude. It's a fucking anime from like twelve years ago. I was like, okay, not Wall that Scrolls. Nanako then. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. Ew, oh, 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 no. Well, now you understand my reaction. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I thought I could keep these two-person podcasts on topic better than Sean was able to do it with the three-person podcasts. I am clearly not very bright. Anyway, so I just find it interesting that we're even having the conversation at all about the idea of potentially allowing people to have the Japanese dialogue. Because as you said, dubbing hasn't always been the greatest. And a lot of companies are still using the same old dubcast they've been using, even if they're terrible. But in particular, the Persona games have always had really good dubs. Yeah. And then we don't have any of the Japanese dialogue for any of those at all, do we? No. They, they actually even redubbed the first two Persona, like all of the first two Persona games. <laughs> When they brought them over. No, like, yeah, and even Persona 4 Dancing doesn't even have the Japanese track, does it? No, not at all. That's kind of weird. Like, that, that that's a thing that people want over here. Just in general. I feel like there's actually a lot less demand for that than it seems. A lot of your more casual viewers, like people who, mm -hmm. we don't, who don't talk on the internet about this kind of stuff, prefer dubbing because they don't want to have to read along with it. Yeah, but it's not the casual players and that are the ones who are out there pre-ordering the game and paying $90 or whatever for the special editions. Well, I mean, they're selling out, so eh. I would imagine there's I mean, got to be some of those people involved. Do, do the games have subtitles? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they do, but I do not fucking remember. Oh, even then, that, that would be such a small thing to add if you want to keep the Japanese audio in. Yeah, you can easily superimpose that in some form or fashion. I think it's... I think the weird thing is is that they bother to take it out. Unless they just don't want to spend the time to put in the option to switch between them. It's also a space concern. Like, I don't know how big Persona 4 was on the PlayStation 1 disc... on PlayStation 2 disc, excuse me. But Persona 4 Golden is one of the largest Vita games out there, period. That's like a 4 gig game. And I don't know exactly how large the cartridges are for Vita... But if I had to venture a guess, they're probably not that much beyond four gigs. No, because that's like the size of um, the Uncharted one. That's like another huge one. Right. So it's it's incorporating the audio on top of that, even with compression being how it is at this day and age, probably was more of a space concern than they wanted to deal with. So maybe that's why they'd bother putting it in now is because there's no way they're going to fill up a Blu-ray. Well, if it's going to be DLC, they're not even going to bother putting it on the Blu-ray. They'll just put it up online, and you can pay money for it. Well, in that case, they could be monetizing. Like, it'll probably be on the disc if it's paid DLC, and then you're paying to unlock it. Mm, that's, that is possible. That kind of tells an interesting story, where Sega said that they, they feel bad and they apologize to their fans because they learned a lot of lessons from Atlas. But I kind of feel like Atlas learned a lot of shitty fucking lessons from Arc System Works. I mean, if, if Dancing All Night is any indication, you know, 
DLC practices with Persona 5 could be messy. Yeah, and I'm not super thrilled about that, because they also have a bunch of DLC for Tokyo Mirage Sessions, uh, and it all came with the special edition, uh, except for the Hot Springs DLC, which is not coming to the U.S., and I don't really care. But the point is, is that that wasn't really a thing before they started pairing up with Arc System Works. Like, there wasn't DLC for Persona 4 Golden, and that was at a point in time where they could have feasibly done it. And everything else since. Yeah. Literally everything else since. Persona, both the Persona 4 Arena games. Persona Q had fucking DLC. Did it? Yes. Personas that you could summon. Oh, yeah, yeah. The 3D, like, none of the 3DS games had DLC that I can think of. The one other thing I'm looking at is I'm interested in all of the aesthetics for the different characters from Persona 5. Because they look really weird in comparison to what we've seen in 3 and 4. Like, they don't, they don't really have that... I'm a kid in school aesthetic to them, you know? Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe they could be in, like, a university or something instead of being in, like, high school. No, they're saying that they're in high school. Like, the main character is a second year. They've said that he's a second year high school student, and a bunch of the characters are second and third years. I'm wondering if maybe Tokyo, because it's supposed to be based predominantly in Tokyo, if maybe Tokyo's high schools are less restrictive about that kind of stuff. Hmm. Or maybe they have school uniforms and we just haven't seen them because it hasn't been relevant to the game. Like, maybe the main character always wears his school uniform around because he's a stylish motherfucker like the first two characters. Or, okay, you Narukami, because the other kid just looked like you belonged in My Chemical Romance. Perhaps they felt the school uniform was just too stylistically restricted and they just decided to gloss over it. That's possible. I doubt like, it, though, considering... They, they didn't have to really do too much with that, with like, say, before. Yeah, the characters had all had look. fairly unique-looking school uniforms, but they were still school uniforms. Of course, that was only the main cast. Everybody else was, like, in the exact same outfit. Yeah, everybody just kind of dressed normally outside of the main cast, and there was never really any reason given for why that was, except because they're plot-important characters. Could have just also been, like, a weird space restriction thing, I don't know. It's quite possible they had a lot more creative freedom with this than they're used to, simply because they had more space to work with. It's possible. I'm also wondering if maybe they're just going with different aesthetics for the different characters because, like, they're just going to have them have, like, uniform school outfits, and then these outfits are going to be the important ones, and we're not going to see the school uniform so much. They have DLC already. Yeah, they, they already have fucking oh, DLC announced like... for the goddamn game. They were going to be in school, but it looked like it looked it looked so much like Persona Four in terms of like the daily schedule that I saw. Mm. Going to the school, hanging out at a cafe or something afterwards, like that. Going to the dungeon, whatever. I do find it interesting that once again, it is just one dungeon. It's not different spots around the map. It's like some place called the Palace. So it's gonna be like some. I'm looking at their anniversary content, anniversary edition that they're releasing for Persona over in Japan, and I'm just immediately disappointed with the one that we're getting. Oh, we are getting one? Well, we, the special edition that we're getting <clears throat> uh, has a 64-page hardcover art book, the school bag, a soundtrack, and uh, the Morgana plush. Which is weird, because, like, everything I've seen says that Morgana is a dude. That is not a dude's name. Morgana? Yes. It's like uh, King Arthur's sister. Morgan Le Fay, yeah. So I don't understand how that's a dude. It's very weird. But no, I'm looking at the anniversary edition that they're releasing in Japan. <clears throat> they get a copy of the game in the art book. 
they also get three different DLC packs, uh, a special custom theme, the art box, and a five-disc soundtrack. Okay, yeah, so you're seeing what I was saying. I thought you were talking about they were re-releasing the original Persona as an anniversary or something. No, it's 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 the um, it's that's their special edition. Yeah, basically. yeah, I see. Yeah, it's soundtracks for all of them. And I mean, granted, by all indications, it's going to be a hundred and thirty dollars, which is absurd. But it's not like Atlas didn't used to do that. Do you remember for Persona Four when they released a special standalone extra deal, extra content thing that had like a plush teddy in it and a bunch of other shit? No, I I wasn't really paying attention to that kind of thing when it came out. Yeah, I saw that on Amazon one day, and I was like, yes, I want this. Like, I pe- never played a Shimigami Megami Tensei game before until I was watching you guys play 4, and I think I, I got FES off of a PSN sale. FES is probably the best version of Persona 3 that you can get pound for pound if you've never played it before. It's it's another one that they put out in the PS2. I don't remember what the difference was, but I got I actually have FES both of FES has the answer included in it and also has a bunch mm-hmm. of extra costumes, um, missions that you can do with Elizabeth. There's there's a lot of extra stuff in there. I didn't I didn't get too far in it. Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite. I got further in Portable, mostly because Portable addressed most of my issues with 3, which was there was a lot of walking around with nothing to do. That's what it felt like anyway. Like I was just running around without much purpose. So it was easier for Portable where you could just click to the spot you wanted to go to. I don't know. Yeah, I, I also note here... <clears throat> that there's going to be at least three DLC sets, and I'm kind of wondering if they're going to pack that in with the special edition, because if they don't, that's going to be kind of frustrating to me, because they're offering one that looks like two special summons for Orpheus and uh, Izanagi, just fine, and then two sets of costumes for the Persona 3 cast and the Persona 4 cast, as well as the ability to set your battle music to the Persona 3 and Persona 4 battle music. And if they, like, release the game and give the special edition players, like, their content, and they don't include the DLC on it, that's going to be some shit right there. Hmm. I mean, those things are interesting, but I'm not sure that I would be too upset if I didn't get them. Maybe maybe the summons probably would be the only thing I would really care about all that much. I like having the costumes available. I feel like that's neat. And, again, it just comes down to the fact of... I... I would prefer that the lesson that they learned from, you know, working with Arc System Works is not nickel and dime the customer to death after they've already paid 60 to $90 for your 100-hour-long video game. I mean, this special edition for the extra, what, 30 bucks? It seems to come with quite a bit. It does. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just... We did get the DLC, at least some of the DLC, in Persona 4 Dancing All Night. And we got all the DLC that's available at this point in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I would think that they would want to do the special edition Owners of Solid, but maybe not. I don't know. It just... I don't know. It just feels frustrating for me for these games specific to have DLC in the first place, I guess. Oh, my fucking God. Huh? Um, I was on that the Amazon page for the Take Your Heart Premium Edition forever, and the first question, Will the Morgana plush turn human and be my waifu? I would have responded with, Morgana's a dude. Answer was only in your dreams. No, I'm pretty sure Morgana is not a dude's name. Everything that I've seen up to this point says it's a he. If it's a she, I would prefer that because that's what I thought originally. 
but every piece of press I've seen calls Morgana a dude. I'm just going to wait until, like, we get, like, an actual fucking something from the actual people associated with the game. I've been seeing, uh, I've been seeing a lot of Morgana's a he. So, whatever. For now, I'm just going to say whatever. It's, it's a she. Well, it's a cat. <clears throat> it's Teddy. Let's just be honest about that. Mm. Morgana is Teddy again. Well, hopefully it is a female then, and that means we won't have to deal with quite the same level of, uh, idiocy. But then again, if it's a, it's a female cat, it looks just a little too much like, uh, somebody dressed up like Luna from Sailor Moon. There also is a point in the cutscenes where, uh, Anne throws Morgana into the sun, so I'm gonna assume that Morgana is just as much of a putz as Teddy is. Yeah, I do also like that they've, they've mostly gotten the announcing of the characters out of the way. Like, we, we know who the majority of the characters are at this point. So they announced Ryuji Saka, they, they announced the four main characters initially, which is the main character who is renameable as needed. Ryuji Sakamoto, who is the blonde putz that we've seen in all of the early trailers, is probably going to be this game's Yosuke. And Takamaki, who is, by all indications, I would venture probably going to be this game's Chie, or possibly this game's Yukari, depending. The next one they announced was uh, Yusuke Kitagawa, who, by all indications, is some kind of an art student. All I really got from him was that he's some kind of an otter student who, much like the protagonist, like doesn't live at home. His persona is Gomon, which is kind of hilarious for me. Because I know that there's a historical context, or at least a narrative context to Gomon, but all I remember is the fat-headed fucking ninja from the SNES games. I'm just imagining him summon that fat-headed piece of shit. <laughs> Let's see what if they have a look. Yeah. Gomon actually looks like... Oh, my God. It looks like a a, a samurai version of um, dude from fucking Danganronpa with the corn hair. Oh, God. Mondo. I'm not sure if that's better. Yeah, Mon, uh, I'm not sure if that's better or worse. To be quite honest. Well, I don't know. I, I looked up the actual Gomon, and he kind of looks like uh, maybe Samurai Jack is a chiseled version of him. Yeah, but I still like the SNES version with his stupid fucking head. Yeah. I totally want to see somebody summon that at some point, and just like, am I really supposed to take that serious? His 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 alternate thief costume is also kind of interesting looking. I am not digging the 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 puffy fucking sleeves and the the skinny white boots though. It's just a very weird conflict, and I am not a fan of that. If I had to venture a guess, he's probably going to be like the Nauto of the group. Is he the detective? Because like, there's a no, there's actually a detective, but Yusuke Kitagawa kind of seems like he's going to be like the cold, silent type, from what I can gather. You're still talking about uh, Ryuji, right? Uh, no, In terms Yusuke of the white Kitagawa. shoes, Yusuke Kitagawa. Ryuji's not the one whose shoes look ridiculous because that, that was my first thought when I saw him. Ryuji's mask looks ridiculous. The rest of the outfit just looks like he fell out of Rob Halford's dreams. Yeah, Yusuke looks like Naoto. Kind of a little, yeah. Even got, like, the chicken legs. Yeah. Then they have Makoto Nijima with three eyes, which is just odd to me who is apparently a third year of some type or another and is, like, super moral. So I'm guessing for all logistical intents and purposes, she's going to be our mid-suitor. And then she's a thief somehow, which is like, uh... 
Not 100% sure how that works, but okay. Also, her thief outfit has a really weird corset, well, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. From what I can tell, like, I guess they're not actually, like, jewel thieves. They're, like, stealing hearts or something like that, or virtue. It, it sounded really weird in the description I was reading. Yeah, I would imagine that they're not conventional thieves, but it's still just kind of amusing to me that you have this heavily moral character when all of your characters are thieves. Yeah. Like, if it's going to be, like, a Robin Hood thing, that's interesting, but it's just, like, um... I'm guessing okay. they're not thieves. Uh, what was that, uh, the main character there chases down a stalker or something like that, and that's why he was arrested, because he beat the shit out of a stalker. So then they discover the palace or whatever, you know, the name of the new area, the TV world, if you will, and shit happened. <laughs> so it, it sounds kind of like, um, more like a, almost like a Kingdom Hearts type ideal. We're like, it's almost like the reverse. Of Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, you know, where instead of uh, unlocking people's hearts, they're fixing Locking them away? I don't know. <laughs> I, I am failing with the words right now. <laughs> Oh, it, it seems like it seems like the whole aesthetic is freeing people from some kind of emotional prison. Yeah. Which I'm not sure how the thief aesthetic applies to that. That'll be interesting to see how that comes together in terms of applying concept to structures. Okay, they work together to explore the palace, which represents the distorted minds of adults. And the goal of the heroes is to steal hidden treasure from the world in order to help reform their target. So maybe it's closer to Nino Kune. <laughs> Also, there's some kind of weird demon in the background of, like, one of the key art pieces, and I swear to God, it looks like it fell out of a fucking Guilty Gear game. I don't know what to think about that. But it's also interesting that uh, Makoto's persona is Joanna, which is supposed to be named for Pope Joan. And I'm not really sure what the thematic association is, except just because, like, the Pope is supposed to be a very moral person, and I guess it works personality-wise. But it's a motorcycle. And I'm just like, what? Why is the Pope a motorcycle? What? Yeah. And that's a confusing Wait. thing, right? Like, that's just a confusing question. Why is the Pope a motorcycle? What the fuck? Right? It's a damn Pope-mobile. Pretty much. It's a little Pope-mobile because their head is in there. Yeah. Oh my god. That later church possessions of Vatican was a female. I'm <laughs> guessing just the tie is morality. Like, that's all I'm getting from it. Oh god. Then we have Futaba Sakura, who. Her thief outfit is badass, I gotta be honest. She looks like fucking Sam Fisher, and I am 100% okay with that. Not so much with, like, the neon green accents on her boots, but, like, the rest of it is pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah, those, those are straight-up Naomi. Yeah, and... Just, Feel her glow. What is her fucking finishing maneuver in this game? She smacks her butt into people. Christ. Well, judging by her, you know, her Fox picture there, yeah. She calls that the rear view, Michael. Fuck. She's even got the little black things that hold up her, the soles of her shoes. Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell those things are called, but, you know, Spats. athletes have them. Oh dear, but she totally looks like uh, like Super Sonico. Uh, normally I get like the headphones, the long hair. Well, she's a hacker. That doesn't mean she has to have headphones. I mean, maybe she's a gamer. I don't fucking know. 
It's also supposed to be a neat, which is very weird. Necronomica. It's a fucking yeah, like, UFO. Yeah, I like the name of the persona, and I like the reference. I don't know why it's a UFO. <laughs> why is the Pope a motorcycle? Why is Cthulhu a UFO? What the fuck? Oh, Japan. Well, I mean, I suppose everything else had been taken. They'd already taken enough fictional characters, mythological characters, and, and made them ridiculous. But this is all that they could go with. I'm also kind of pissed that she's the fucking navigator on the team because I'm just like, really? Are we going to do the the fucking cat is the navigator for a while and then, like, realizes that the that he or she can't do it anymore and then suddenly we get the new navigator who's also kind of a weird social basket case? Because I am just going to fucking set that disc on fire if I have to play through that story a third fucking time. Yeah. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six. She's seven characters in, announcement-wise. So I hope she shows up early, because if she doesn't, that's going to be some shit. Anyway, the next character they announced was Haru Okamura, who just, I don't know. Okay. Uh, she has a, a very weird outfit. Yeah, like, it, it, it's very color strange. Like, but I don't mind the stockings. I don't mind the plaid skirt. I don't even mind the, 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 the white undershirt. It kind of goes with the stockings. Why the pink jacket to go with all of that? It doesn't match with fucking anything. Why? I don't know. It looks better on her, uh, her thief costume there. Yeah, she also seems like she's going to be this game's Yukiko, i.e. I have no value in human interactions, a.k.a. I've never talked to a boy before. Yeah, was elegant life and is naive to what the actual world is like. But has good communication skills, so no, she can't be Yukiko. Yukiko has perfectly fine communication skills when she's doing her... A dude like, asks her out, and she's like, has no clue what's going on. And he's being fairly straightforward. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, just because you're good at communicating doesn't mean you're not thick. Yukiko is very good at communicating and is very good in school. She is fucking thicker than a wall. In a lot of respects. I also think it's great because the chick's persona is named Milady. And it's supposed to be based off of uh, Lady Winter. Or Milady to Winter. But I just... Uh, from the Three Musketeers, who was actually like a fairly important character. But I just think it's funny because I just immediately imagine a neckbeard tipping his fucking trilby. Persona! Milady. But the last character they've announced is Goro Akechi, who is the detective. We don't know anything about him at this point, except that he's a detective, and his name is Goro Kechi. He's going to be a member of the team, but we don't know, like, what his persona is going to be. We don't know what his real personality is going to be. He, he technically acts as Naoto for plot purposes as the detective, but otherwise, nothing as far as that goes. <clears throat> his name is also kind of a reference to uh, Kogoro Akechi, uh, who's a fictional detective in Japan. But beyond that, like, we, we have no real data on him, and I'm going to be interested to see where that goes. Yeah. I, I'm a little worried they're going to be hitting the tropes too much. I mean, the, the setting definitely looks significantly different enough to matter. But if it's the same character personalities and just a different setting, that's kind of going to suck. Well... That was the one thing that I was really specifically objecting to about this game, and I have been for a while. I don't want them to reuse two of the same tropes that they've been using 
since Persona 3, which is strange non-human entity doesn't know anything about itself or why it exists and drives a lot of the plot forward with attempts to figure out its purpose and its reason for existing. And shitty navigator starts out in the beginning of the game but is eventually replaced by dedicated navigator whereupon shitty navigator becomes active party member and also casts ice spells for some fucking reason <laughs> that part was especially on the nose like when it got to the point where i was casting ice spells with teddy i was like come the fuck on are you kidding me the only difference was the actual personalities of the characters associated but i mean realistically speaking it's not like they both weren't in their own way trying to sleep with the protagonist. I'm not seeing anything that suggests that Morgana is a, a navigator. It's also possible that they may just not have a navigator to start with, which is interesting. I don't know how they're going to introduce the need to have one if you don't have one to begin with. It could be a navigator slash party member at the beginning. Yeah, but that would still be repeating that trope, which I really don't want to deal with if we can avoid it. I'd kind of like to see an instance where the navigator that you ultimately use kind of just starts helping you out from the beginning as a silent partner and then eventually gets directly involved in it. That would be kind of neat. Because hmm. at least then it's a very, it's different from what we've been seeing in the past two games up to this point. But yeah, I'm afraid at least in that one that they may go down that same road. In an ideal world, I would hope that Morgana is not questioning his or her place in the world and trying to figure out his or her meaning or whatever the shit and it's just a cat that talks. Yeah, but it literally says what in, in this section on the on the wiki, just like Teddy. <laughs> well, it also says Morgana is going to play some kind of key role in the story, which I'm not thrilled about. Well, it depends on what they mean by key role. I mean, technically, Teddy had a key role, but at no point was he really the focus. No, that's not the part I'm worried about is that both Igus and Teddy had key roles in the story, and it was the same fucking key role in the story. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, I, I just, I, I am afraid that they are going to do that same thing again, and they're going to think that it's okay, because, well, it worked perfectly fine from Persona 3 to Persona 4. That. The only thing I, I can say in their defense, if that happens, is that, at least with their games, there's a time gap. I mean, Persona 4 came out, what, 2008? 7? Either way, it, it's been many years <laughs> it has it's been it's been very close to a decade and the last true persona title that we've seen is persona 4 golden i think it, it, it doesn't help that they've done re-releases they had those same characters persona q you know revisit the same damn themes but but we haven't actually seen core titles in quite a while yeah, yeah. Well, it's not the worst thing that they could do admittedly but it's still it's 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 ground that you've tread twice already. Yeah, I'm the second it, 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 it pops up, you'll know exactly how it's going to play out. I'm also wondering with the potential renaming slash removal slash whatever of social links. Obviously, they're still going to have the ability to ultimately consummate some type of romantic relationship because that's clearly a popular part of the game. And last that I checked, Atlas was not interested in losing shitloads of money. So that seems like it's going to be a thing. I'm just wondering, are they just going to excise the ability to have romantic relationships with people outside of the party? Are they going to try and improve that aspect of things? Or are they just going to do it the same way they did Persona 4, where you, you start going out with somebody and then you never ever fucking talk to them ever again? Oh, that always... That is just a symptom of modern games in general. 
like almost any game where they give you like a, a choice, it doesn't affect anything like it should. Like nobody notices, probably because they don't want to spend the time to actually create all the different scenarios that would arise. But when you're playing Persona Four and like say I chose to date Risei the first time through, and then you know you choose to, choose to take ah, choose to take Risei on say Valentine's Day or something like that, and somebody might go. Well, that's weird. I'm like, no, it's not. We've been dating for months. Or, like, when you go on the ski trip and, like, Chie makes some random-ass comment about Risei uh, being a smooth operator or something like that, or too obvious, and at which point I'm like, uh, again, we've been dating for months at this point. It doesn't make any sense that you would be making comments like that, and it just felt out of place. I feel like there's a certain degree of so... I, I used to feel like there was a very specific degree of social of like of social expectations within the confines of how that worked. Like the characters just never talked about it because of certain like social cues. And then I saw fucking my love story and I realized no, this game is just weird because this guy is fucking telling everybody that he has a girlfriend and showing them pictures of her and everybody fucking knows and it's not even a big deal. And it's either you guys are the most repressive a-holes on the planet uh, in these Persona games for some weird reason, or this is just a weird game and plot, like a story plot segregation. It's ludonarrative distance. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It, and you see it in so much stuff. Like, you play Skyrim. You get married in that. It never comes up. Never comes up. You join... You become a werewolf. Nobody ever brings it up to you, apart from the, the companion, or whatever. I feel like they integrated it very well in Mass Effect, but I feel like they specifically planned to integrate it very well in Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect was planned from the beginning to allow you to carry your saves to a certain degree from the beginning to all the way to the end. And they actually took the time to integrate different conversation pieces based on what you had done. Yeah, you would think that, you would think that especially with all the space they have on the Blu-ray, they could have it so that there could be those different, like, diverted conversations. But then again, I also wonder if, they, if they're going to do this kind of thing where you keep it on the DL so that you can continue to have relationship with multiple characters. Because on one hand, I still would like to see that more integrated, especially if you have an outside romance. But, um, but on the other, that Valentine's Day event was fucking fucked. <laughs> and I would actually like to see them do that again. It just, that always felt weird. I, I hope, though, that they... Like, if you have started a relationship with somebody, that it, it feels a bit more organic and less stupid. Like... You know, you come for Risei, and we're yeah, dating now. exactly. That's like, really? Now we're yeah. we're dating because I did something human. I mean, granted, granted, she wasn't used to having normal human contact, but I'm just saying, like, that's what it is. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, come here. You're with me forever. It was really weird. This is not how I pictured my first relationship going. I don't know. I think that's probably actually why I liked her, because she was actually the only one who was upfront about anything. And I'm so tired of the, of the. Oh no, I like you, but I can't tell you because that would be too embarrassing. Stereotype that is in every. Yeah, it was. It was a very different thing. theme. Well, to be fair, with Naoto, she never really thought about being romantically involved in you, or with you, until you kind of forced the situation. Yeah. Like she never, she never brings it up. It's never a conversation that you have. Like you kind of tell her you're a girl, and she's like, oh, you're right, let's fuck. What? Shit, was it that easy? Alright. I should just tell people that more often. <laughs> yeah, like, 
You, large-breasted woman, you're a girl. Take me. Yes. But yeah, like, and with, with but with Chie and Yukiko, it was kind of dumb. Like with with Yukiko, I kind of got it because she was supposed to be socially awkward and had all these other things. She didn't realize, like, she legitimately liked you, but she did not realize like what being in a relationship was. Again, as you pointed out, dude asked her out bluntly in front of fucking everyone. She didn't realize that he was asking her out and didn't realize Yosuke had tried to ask her out, especially when he fucking asked her out again. In her case, she's just thick. I get that. But I can also understand how that would be odd for people. For Chia, I think it's crippling self-esteem issues. But yeah, in Yukiko's case, it's, why do you like me so much? I don't understand. And with Chie, it's like, oh, well, you know, you don't really have to like me or anything. <laughs> it's fine. And Risei's like, fuck me, I'm a donut hole. <laughs> what? Like I said, though, that straightforwardness is like, refreshed. I was I was totally fine with that, but it was it was also interesting because like you never actually get to the point where you're dating until you show her basic human kindness, which is fucking weird. Well, like yeah, I, I think like, that, again that's more of like, her character in the fact that she's probably be, used to being looked at as I don't as a person. Yeah, it's just interesting to me because like in every single date you go on, like there's a certain degree of actual human interaction but it's also senpai i want the d and then like you get to the end and you like give her a hug and it's like oh you actually like me that's weird okay it's like so we're we gonna fuck now not right away oh god damn it I need to wait till first. <clears throat> yeah that always felt weird that they did rest that that they're fucking on Christmas, you mean? Yeah. If it's getting to get glossed over. Maybe that's why this game is Sero C. <laughs> it's got God of War style sticks me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're all That's what the batting cage is for. It's warm they're up. Also all, yeah, they're also all underage, which is like, you can't really address that in a game. This isn't kids, you know? Well, you can address it without making it graphic or or we could probably can't do it without making it weird, but that's any neither here or there. But you could do it without making it really messed up. I'd also I'd also kind of like to see them do like certain things outside of the social link stuff and having the characters address I'm in a relationship now, or having the characters try to integrate their non-group friends into the group. I'd like them to have, like, set dates. Like, nobody ever celebrated a fucking birthday in that game. Like, the only person who celebrates a birthday is um, the Tower Social Link. Team. Yeah. Shoot. And that birthday is whatever day you come over. Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine that's, again, part of the... If you schedule things too specifically for random events like that, then that, again, takes away from your ability to build a social link and go into, like, the dungeon... I mean, to be fair, though, you can work around that easily enough. Just, they budgeted all these days for dumb shit nobody cared about. Well, yeah, but they also like, didn't, like, know ahead of time, generally speaking, that those things would happen. I mean, yeah, but you could have specifically set it up that way to happen on purpose. Like, you have to just assume within the confines of this game that anytime you've met anybody, their birthday has always already passed, somehow. Like, and, and, like, your character's birthday just happens in, like, that two-month period where we don't fucking see anything. And it's weird. It's weird. 
why did we spend a week helping dumbass Yosuke out with his fucking, with the fucking mall because, like, his dad understaffed? We could have taken those five days and given them to other characters as birthdays. Yeah, I don't... I think, like, I, that I think event I, in like, particular didn't really add anything to the game. it's popping up, like, every couple months, though, which, is, which it would have to, because you wouldn't want to group them too close together. It, it, it feels like it would just get... I mean, you don't have to have one for every it. single character. You don't you don't have to have one for every single character. With nine characters, yeah, it would get annoying doing the same fucking event over and over again. But, like, having it for a couple of characters, at least... Like, the characters who join really late, whatever, fuck them. They already had their birthday, that's fine. But, like, you could integrate that a couple of times where, like, the characters get to know one another better and it's like, oh, maybe you could even just do one big event where they're just like... Oh, my birthday's this day, and oh, why don't we just have one big birthday for everybody, or whatever the shit. Or, you know, maybe not even an event. Maybe just, like, some minor thing where, like, you can give them a gift or something, and then just have, like, a conversation between you, not necessarily like, a giant party every time. Yeah, that's true. Or even, fuck it, like, they get a bonus for cop experience gained or something on that day. You could. I would not want to take my. I would not want to take somebody into the fucking TV world on their birthday. That just seems ignorant on my part as a leader. Wow. Happy birthday to you. Let's go kill some fucking monsters. What? This is the shittiest birthday ever. Oh, like that was that was the thing they did for um for Dissidia. Like you you would pick a day and then you would get bonuses. And I think on your birthday, if you played the game, like the the bonuses you'd get would be insane. But like. At that point, you're scheduling time on your birthday to play Dissidia. Yeah, that kind of feels like when you played fucking Saw 2 on Christmas, it would give you a tr- an achievement called You Wasted Your Life. <laughs> I, think, I think I set my clock for that, to do it, just to see that one pop up. But yeah, it's it's. I would still like to just see more, like, I, I love the social link aspect of things. I would just like to see more integration on it, really. And I think... I think at the end of the day, I do like what I'm seeing. I really do. I don't like the Catherine engine, but the, what they're showing is wowing me. It's winning me over. The character aesthetics are weird and different, and they're totally unique to this game. Like, it doesn't feel like the transition that the first two games were comparatively where they were comparable. This feels like a totally new and different thing visually. It's, yeah, it's very inked up. Yeah, and it's the characters look different, too. Like, none of the characters have that comparable style to previous characters in the series. Like, if you look at the costumes between Part 3 and Part 4, there's not really a lot of distinction. Like, you can see comparisons between, like, Yukiko's costume versus, um... uh, Yukari. Yukari's costume, right, exactly. And, you know, you can see comparisons between the protagonists. And here, it's like, the characters look distinct to themselves, they don't look like anything from the previous games. I think part of that is just different models. Like, you know, they're not like little models. They look more like they're taller, they look older. They look more fleshed out, yeah. too, because they look more the like characters... people and less like uh, video game models. Right, the characters in Persona 4, Persona 3 and 4 in particular, like, just were very blurry. Like, you had to have those pictures with them because they were very blurry models because that's all the PS2 and the Vita could handle. And it had, like, a, like almost like a bobble. Like yeah, somewhat. I can definitely see that. 
and here it's yeah they they look like they're fully modeled fully realized 3d people but it's 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 also that they have unique they look very unique from the other games like the other characters just look like they were kind of slightly differentiated from their school outfits and here it's it's all of the characters have a truly unique and different aesthetic to them the only things that I'm concerned about, as we've said, is how are they going to handle the social links or, you know, cooperation just in general? Um, and are we going to do these same two narrative things again? I'm very interested to see how going on the fact you actually have to do an action to start the battle, like, get the free hit on them. That looks really interesting. Um, I'm very curious on that uh, pull-up again, where you it seems like negotiate it's just gonna, with it's, them. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a negotiation system similar to how the previous Persona games did it. But in Persona 1 and 2, you would just grab a monster that you fought, and you would force them into being fusion material to make a Persona. And Persona 2, they would give you items that could be used with a canvas painter who would paint you the Persona that you wanted. In this game, I'm thinking it's going to be you're actually fighting the personas that you would want to summon. And that's interesting, but it also kind of robs the personas of their uniqueness to a certain extent. It turns them into a Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm not a hundred... I'm okay with that in Mega Ten. I'm not okay with that in Persona. So that's going to be weird how that works. I'm also kind of disappointed that they're not doing the card shuffle stuff anymore because those were neat mechanics in the in the other games that I felt was unique to Persona and just it just seems like maybe that's not going to be a thing here. That was just a no, it was just different how it versus four was. Uh huh. In Golden, it was the spinning cards and you had to press the button at the right time. In four, they just gave you the cards and let you pick whatever, but your objective was to clear the board if you could manage to do it. So they might do something different in that regard. It's possible. I don't really know where they're going with it. I, I'm definitely sure it's going to be different to some extent or another. But in what way, uh, I'm I'm interested to find out. I hope that I'm wrong and it's going to be like maybe the personas show up occasionally. And maybe even only if you don't have them, perhaps. But if they're just standard cannon fodder... Um, I would hope that there's going to be some personas that will only be summonable, which makes sense, because that was the way it was, even if you got them through cards. But by the same token, it's still going to be I don't I don't want the personas necessarily to be Pokemon. Just just out of a series flavor thing. Yeah, I'm also not a hundred percent thrilled aesthetically with the new um, helpers that they have, Justine and Carolyn. Like, they, they, maybe it's just the art style, because I haven't seen a lot of them, but, like, I really felt like Elizabeth and Margaret had distinct, interesting looks to them, and Justine and Carolyn just looked kind of bland. It looked like, um, what's his name, the, the, the butler guy, like, little miniature bird. Theodore? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they got the Theodore was kind of the pots. Oh, God, and I think, yeah, he was the one I ended up with. For some Ah, uh, uh. That was obnoxious. I hate that. Yeah, I got, I got Yukiko. That was, that was. If you that answer was... morality, you're always, or morally, you're always gonna end up with a dude. Mm. Does gender matter? No. Well, then you're getting a dude. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Well, no. To be fair, to be fair, gender does matter. 
for you specifically. Yeah, I, I thought it was asking in general. Well, I mean, it, it does matter. Gender does matter in general. But you're not saying that gender identification doesn't matter. It's just saying, I want to date a girl. Well, no, I, I took it as, uh, like I said, like an in general, do, uh, does it, uh, you know, basically do, uh, should we discriminate? Should we yes. discriminate by gender? Thank you. My tongue was so tied there, it was ridiculous. But yeah, that's what I took it as. Is, is, do we discriminate by gender? Like, uh, people can love whoever the hell they want. That's how I was answering, but apparently the game was deciding that meant I gay. And from there, I somehow ended up scared. If I'm going to be putting my Hogwarts in the wizard sleeve, then, then gender matters a little bit. <laughs> I... I, I mostly feel like Persona 5 is going to be a great game. I think it's probably going to be better than Persona 3 for me personally, unless they fucking kill the main character off again, which, Jesus Christ, I hope they don't fucking do that in this game. Well, 3 didn't really set a high bar. As far as that's concerned. If, 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 as long as you can control your party members, it's already better. Than so, mm. like, that was probably my biggest pet peeve. There's any RPG... Where you're just controlling yourself and your party members are doing their own thing and it's turn based and you just have to sit there and watch them do fuck up for you. That oh. Yeah, it's it's that was a big problem for me. I also wasn't a big fan of the narrative. I totally understand why the narrative was the way that it was. And I understand the themes that they were exploring. They just weren't themes I was interested in seeing realized in an, in a narrative in that way. Like Persona Four I felt was not, not to be the, that guy, but I kind of felt like Persona 4 had more of a friendship is magical kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas it did. But Persona 3 was much more friendship is necessary and we'll eventually fucking get there, just not right now. From what I'm... Just just by the aesthetic of what I've seen in 5, it, it kind of looks like a mixture. It's not as gloomy as 3, but it's not as bright as 4. It's sense? definitely got darker themes to it, yeah. It's got, like, you know, it, it still seems to understand the colors. Yeah, like, Persona 4, I felt, had darker undertones, but the worlds that you went into weren't necessarily dark. It was the darkness was, the you know, the shadows specifically, the darkness inside of people. Yeah. And I think Persona 5 is kind of still dealing in those darkness in humans kind of thing, but it's doing it in a way where the actual themes of the dungeon and the world are dark. They've only shown us one or two dungeons, though, so it's possible you're going to get some ridiculous-looking dungeons like Kanji's Bathhouse or Risei's fucking Dance Hall again. Dance <clears> Hall, <throat> that's, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. The, the one thing that I, that I do appreciate, though, is I'm not going to have to hear any more fucking discussions about goddamn idol culture. I just got tired of that for about... I got tired of it between Persona 4 and Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Right, Tokyo. Tokyo Mirage Sessions is doing it now, and Omega Quintet did it. Oh, did you, do you actually own that? I do. Oh, okay. I bought that for like, it was $10 on the Golden oh, It's like sale. 7 now on a sale. But yeah, I think we've pretty much mined about everything we're going to get out of this topic. I have plenty of other Persona topics that we'll probably want to touch on, so uh, if you want to come back, uh, we can definitely cover some of that. But uh, I feel like that wraps it up for this week, unless you have anything else you want to say. If there's anything that I want out of it, it's idea. I want, like, the world that you can explore outside of it to be more just there. 
I, I you want there to be more to it. Yeah, I, I you know, it felt like if you weren't in the middle of a social link, like it, it felt like you were being pulled out of the town all, at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want the town to actually be a town, not just a place where you go to shop. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. I feel like since it's in Tokyo, they're going to put a lot more emphasis on doing things in the town because Tokyo is a big deal. It's a huge city and there's lots to do in it. I mean, if you could even partially explore that, I mean, like, I think of something like Nino, where the towns were actual towns, big 3D towns that you could run around and explore, and there were side quests galore that you could do, or you could just go to the main quest. It felt like a part of the game. And we, we've already seen it's entirely feasible to represent large sections of Japan in a game. Akiba's trip was the entire Akihabara district, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but I would want something more substantial than that, at least in terms of character interaction. You know, they had all those people, but they were all, like, faceless, nothing. Yeah, it's, again, that game was mostly, you know, just developed for specific purposes. I don't know, like, with this game having been developed with the PS3 in mind and then been upgraded to the PS4, I don't know if that's going to be a thing we're definitely going to see out of this game. Probably But not. I'd like to see that there's going to be a step forward. Yeah. Because I suspect that now that they've gotten over the hump and we've gotten Persona 5 and we're getting to that point, I suspect we're probably going to see a Persona 6 sooner rather than later. So it's not a 7 year gap. I would imagine not. I'm also, the only thing I can really say that I definitely want to see from this game that I expect that they should be able to do, like, in an ideal world, I would like to see the storyline of the Persona 3 protagonist, Minato Arisato, fucking resolved already, but I don't know if they're going to do that in Persona 5 specifically, but I would definitely like to see some fucking cameos from the Persona 3 and Persona 4 cast. They don't need to be members of the party or anything, but, you know, at least have them show up and say or do something. And not none of this... Oh, well, five minutes with one of the the third-tier social links and the fucking professor who was a dipshit. Like, an actual fucking cameo from, like, somebody. So, we're going not third-tier. Because I was like, it could be Shu, and then you'll hate yourself if that's the only cameo. Yeah, no, no, no third-tier fucking cameos. I actually want to see somebody important show up. I don't even care if it's fucking Adachi, shit. Just somebody, damn. Fucking Adachi. There's no way that man's ever getting out of jail. Well, they, they don't have any proof he murdered all those people except this confession. OJ managed to avoid going to jail. That's what we need. We need OJ Simpson in this game? No, we need an ace attorney crossover. <laughs> I really do not need Phoenix Wright getting a dachi off. <laughs> oh, no, no. Why did you have to word it like that? Because the internet already did it for me. That's probably true. All right, and on that note, <laughs> I'm going to call it a night here. Join us again next time uh, when our topic will be five ways that you can ruin a fandom. Thank you all for coming. Uh, this is Mark B. and Mr. Aaron Saroyce signing off. <laughs>